0: Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen, and with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way. It's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com/slash-with-amex.
1: I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington.
4: And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin.
2: And I'm David Gura. Listen to the big take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
5: Let's go! This is The Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on vSend. <gasps>
6: Okay, it is the Lombardi line here on v the Sports Betting Network. I'm Patrick Maher. Of course, he is Michael Lombardi. And I'm going to start today's show with a question for you, Michael Lombardi. You Mm -hmm. are an esteemed author. you got your second book coming out soon. You're a doting husband. You've got grandchildren. You've got Bill Berman. You've got to help (laughs) run the city of Ocean City, New Jersey. You're a prolific writer as you've got a new article coming out today when your boy Ben Fox gets done editing it at vsin.com about how coaches choose a lineup in preseason here and choose some starters. But did you know, my friend, that the NFL is freaking back? We have an NFL yes. game today. You're
5: so busy. I don't know if you just noticed, but we've got Vegas and Jacksonville and Canton. Hi. I am so excited for this. As I mentioned on my podcast, I mean, this is a great, great day to kick off the season. I mean, so many, many years ago in Canton, Ohio, around the Ralph Haid Automotive dealership, 11 guys had a meeting. And there was no real room in the dealership. They had to sit on the floorboards of the cars as they bo- bo- as they bonded the NFL, as they formed this league as we now know as the National Football League. So it starts. And for Josh McDaniels, the new head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders, this is a great, this is a great day. His dad is going to be honored in Canton, a very successful high school coach in, in the state of Ohio. They're going to name a street after the family there in Canton. They grew up there. So it's just a perfect way. And, you know, the great cliff branch gets to go in, which will ultimately make Al Davis very happy.
6: And Michael, an opportunity as you sit right now, Vegas on the board laying two, two and a half at most shops. You saw that total drop from 33 down to 30 and a half (laughs) for new betters. They should be very accustomed with these low totals. It's an opportunity though, for betters to take advantage of the gap, you know, with each week in the regular season, the books start to get more information right now. We start off on a level playing ground as far as the books.
5: Yeah, I mean, they don't know. Like, Jarrett Stidham's going to be the starter for Vegas, and Jake Luton's going to be the starter for Jacksonville. So do the books have it? Have they done much work on those players? I doubt it. So it's going to be interesting. I I think the hard part about preseason for anybody is who's playing in the offensive lines, the backup lines. Because if, if you don't have a good backup offensive line, it's hard to judge your team in the preseason. It really is. It becomes a real problem because you can't really protect the quarterback. The quarterback gets hit too often. The rhythm of the offense gets kind of messed up so it it, it really is a challenge and I think to me the reason you favor certain teams is a if the coach is really obsessed with winning John Harbaugh he wants to win and b do they have a good backup line those are the two indicators to me if you're going to bet preseason
6: but you're also looking, what? You're looking for depth at quarterback, and you mentioned Stidham, but how about Luton, who you've actually been a fan of, the kid from Oregon yeah. State there with Jacksonville, and then also Kyle Sloater, who was the old wide receiver that was transitioned to quarterback. The thing about him, I don't know if he's ever taken a regular season snap, but he's been good in his career in the, in the preseason. So you're kind of looking at that depth, at quarterback. You're not going to see Trevor Lawrence. You're not going to see C.J. Bethard. You're not going to see Travis Entian. You're not going to see Derek Carr. But that depth, at quarterback, you're looking as that game
5: wears on as well. Right, and what happens is practice is is one thing. Right, the speed of the game from practice to the first preseason game is different. Now, the problem is the speed of the game from the preseason to the regular season is it light years different. And what really becomes a problem is the first quarter of the regular season and the fourth quarter of the regular season. The speed of the game is vastly different. So, if you're Matt Rule or you're Mike Tomlin or you're or you're Doug Peterson, or you're Josh McDaniel, and you're trying to evaluate your quarterback, and this is what I wrote about today, is how to evaluate your quarterback as a starter more than as the backup, is you got to see how they adapt to the speed of the game, how they handle the speed of the game, how are they affected by when things start to fly around. Do they, do they panic? Do they make mistakes? I mean, one of the things we learned from the great Joe Burrow in the playoff run against the, against the Tennessee Titans is he took sacks. He took some bad sacks. But he understood emotionally intelligent play is he understood his defense was playing really well. And he understood if I try to force the ball, I could only hurt my team. And so he took sacks, and he had a field goal kicker that was lights out. That's playing with emotional intelligence.
6: And it's about balance competition and not getting injured. Right. I mean, think about this for, I mean, look, your son's on the staff there with Vegas and two first year head coaches, as you aptly mentioned before, but there really is a balance here in the preseason specifically because of the new rules where these, they don't get much practice specifically in pads. How do we balance competition, trying to see what we got on the roster and not get injured?
5: Yeah, and, and, and what fans don't know, it's a mathematical problem, right? So you have two and a half hours or two hours and 45 minutes are the only time you can be on the field. So how many reps can I divvy up to, the, to give the players so I can evaluate them? Like, so can, I can make a good decision based on what I'm seeing. It's a mathematical problem, and every rep counts. You can't waste reps. You can't go out there, ah, will just, throw, you know. It, it, this ain't like the old days where you could have four-hour practices or two-a-days, You know, you got to make some really decisions based on assumptions. That's what I think is going to be a challenge for Rule. It's going to be a challenge for Tomlin, especially more for Tomlin because Trubisky has never really demonstrated consistency. At least with Mayfield, he's got tape, you know, in, in, in Carolina. Darnold's never been consistent, so he's got something to base an assumption on.
6: So there it is. Vegas, Jacksonville tonight. Canton, Michael Lombardi, Millie Lombardi going to have special interest in that game coming up tonight, of course, as Vegas, that number flipped, you know, that opened anywhere. Jacksonville, a point and a half, you know, pick them at some shops now up to Vegas, two and a half. Again, that total all the way, Michael down to 30 and a half. But we do start today with some breaking news as well. The news came out yesterday that Michael, that the NFL was going to appeal the six game suspension. You have news on who's going to oversee the appeal, but let me, let me start with a question question. question for you. What was the
5: point of Sue Robinson? What was the point? Well, I think the point was to give the commissioner some ability, if this gets into a court of law, to say that an unbiased arbitrator, an arbitrator decided that Deshaun Watson violated the conduct policy. Like, I'm not making this up. Like, based on the evidence, she ruled this. Now, where the disagreement lies is in the penalty. And part of the reason this is so complicated from penalty standpoint is because the NFL has complicated it. You know, in the scene in Goodwill Hunting where, you know, Matt Damon's sitting in the beginning of the movie, he's sitting in the courtroom and he cites some arbitrary law based on 1800s, you know, the, this case, this <laughs> precedent, and gets them off, right? That's law. Law is about precedent, finding some case that you could use. The problem with Sue Robinson came into is she had no precedent. The NFL's been all over the place, four games for uh, tampering with football, six games with steroids, eight games for the—like, there was no precedent. So she just basically—if she would have had precedent, she would have have probably gone further. But now, if this goes to court, what Goodell could say to the courts is, look, an an independent arbitrator ruled six games— But what more importantly she ruled was he was in violation of the policy. And if he's in violation of the policy, that gives me the right as the commissioner to then evoke any of my decision, to evoke any penalty that I feel is worthwhile. That's up to him. So he's got So, so that Sue Robinson became more evidence for a court case.
6: So you saw the quote, right, Michael? Watson's behavior was the most egregious the NFL had ever seen. Like the NFL has seen some behavior now, my friend. Yeah. And they called yeah. what they saw in the reports, in the investigation, the NFL came out and said it's the most egregious they've ever seen. As a better, we're looking at the Browns. It, you have to think he's done for the year. I mean, it really comes down to him being Roger Goodell or whoever he over, has overseed the case now in the appeal, dropping the hammer, and the hammer is going to be indefinite.
5: Right. I think he's going to – I mean, based on what we've read, they want a year. I think it, either it gets settled or it goes a year. And if you're the Players Association, you're in a meeting right now saying, if, we, if he gives us a year and we don't settle – What are our chances of winning this in a court of law? Can we reduce this in a court of law? I think that's the fundamental question because who has leverage here? And what Goodell did by Sue Robinson was give him leverage in a court of law because she was an independent arbitrator and she ruled he was in complete violation. So he's got that in his back pocket. That's a huge chip for him when it gets to a federal court. So now if you're the NFLPA lawyers, you know, again, let's go to a movie analogy, right? In, in, in In the movie zero dark 30 they're all sitting in the room it's bin laden in the building you know none of them 70 30 you know the girl was only myra was the only one who said 99.9 right everybody's trying to figure out who has leverage in this battle that's what they're doing they have two separate conference rooms deciding who has leverage and that's going to lead to either a settlement or it's going to go forward
6: May I ask you, were you surprised yesterday? So the NFL had three days, right? So they had until this morning to decide if they were going to appeal Suel Robinson's decision. Were you surprised? Because, you know, I kind of thought they were leaning on Sewell Robinson as, well, that's the decision. And by the way, we know Deshaun Watson's camp knew it was going to be favorable because remember the night before they came out yeah. and, and sent out a statement that said, we're not going to appeal regardless of the decision. Yeah. You know why? They knew it was going to be a favorable decision for them.
5: Right, right. I I, I thought the league look I think the league wants to really make a statement here and it would have been a lot easier just to let Sue Robinson decide but they've been all over the place Patrick with their rulings I think they need to have some clarity and clean it up there needs to be a criteria and maybe it's going to start with Watson but again this is going to get into a federal court and who has the leverage when it gets to the federal court if you wanted to avoid federal court you would have just agreed with Sue Robinson
6: You know, these quarterback decisions, and we'll we'll continue with the Deshaun Watson and the gambling implications as far as, you know, if he misses the full entire season and Jacoby Brissett and on and on. But the quarterback decisions being made by some of these teams, Carolina, as you know, you had a great anecdote in your article today, which is going to go up later. The great ones have had decisions to make, including Bill Walsh. I'm going to ask you to explain what happened in 88 with Bill Walsh coming up later as well. And we've got Vinny Maliulo stopping by the show to talk about preseason betting from behind the book. So we're just getting started here on the Lombardi line. And guess what else, Mr. Lombardi? We've yes, got sir. your boy, Matt Eumanns, coming by talking fast food. I can't
5: wait for Matty Eumanns today. I can't wait to see. First of all, I hope he takes a cholesterol test before he comes off.
6: The the, the list that is sweeping the nation, literally, when it comes to online—that is Matt Eumann's Top 50 as far as the fast food. We're just getting started here on the Lombardi Line. It's presented by BetMGM. This is V Sin.
5: This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion
7: Lounge. (sighs)
0: You'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
2: The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe.
4: Mexico will likely have its first female president.
2: And then you have China.
4: And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters.
7: He got his yo-yos to Europe in time.
8: I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times.
1: With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to the Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
5: You're listening to the Lombardi line on DC, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher.
6: Okay, it is the Lombardi line presented by BetMGM. Lombardi line, of course, coast to coast. I'm Patrick Maher. He's Michael Lombardi. I got some news for you, Michael Lombardi. We see that total with Vegas and Jacksonville and Canton. And I saw you on the phone, my man. You were probably on the phone with the offensive coordinator there. Anyway, (laughs) uh, 30 (laughs) or somebody down in Carolina. Anyway, 30 and a half on the total. That's important. Why? Santos just told me it's raining down in Canton right now.
5: Yeah, I think it's supposed to stop before the game, but look, let's face it. These first preseason games, they're sloppy, the ball's out, and then you add water to the, the the equation, you know, it has a propensity to make a lot of errors, and I think that's what we'll see. You know, and that's why the scores are always 13 to 10, you know, uh, t- you know, 17 to 10, 17, you know, 17, 14, that would put it over. You know, that would be a high-scoring game, but I think whether – the, the fact that it's raining and ball security for a lot of these players, which means job security, may not always happen.
6: Okay, so the three objectives from a head coach's perspective, maybe this can help the better, going into preseason game one. If I were to ask you three objectives, McDaniels writes it up on the board, where would you start?
5: Well, I mean, let's not lose the game. Let's protect the football. The number one thing we're going to build as an organization is we're going to protect the ball, right? We're going to protect the ball. We're not going to make mental mistakes. We're not going to beat ourselves. No penalties penalties in the kicking game. Can't have it. We're not going to do that. We're going to start today with no penalties. So we're going to protect the football. We're not going to beat ourselves. That's number one. Number two, we're going to know what our jobs are. We're going to have assignment-regulated football. We're going to understand what our job is, and we're going to do the assignments. And then three, and most importantly, we're going to play hard. We're going to play with passion and intensity. Those are the three things you're looking for. And we're not going to worry about the scoreboard. We're not going to get caught up with the down and distance. We're going to worry about those things. Do your job, know what to do, and play hard.
6: Okay. Very well put. BetMGM. Reporting lots of money on Vegas right now. We told you the number. That's up to two, two and a half. Circus sitting two. Most books, DraftKings sitting two and a half, 115 juice on the two and a half, so maybe headed to three. But everybody across the board is pretty much at 30 and a half on the total. Tonight, nine of the last 16 Hall of Fame games have cashed to the under. No surprise yeah. there. We've got Vinny yeah, one thing and, before, and just you, a little before
5: you before you jump yeah, please. before you jump away I wanted to double check on something. I think you know one of the reasons why I think this line is kind of moving to the Raiders favor a little bit is and yeah, they only have one kicker on the team and he happens to be one of the best kickers in all of football. So, if you're going to bet a preseason game, the other thing I think you have to do as a better is you got to bet the kicker you got to bet hmm. the kicker, right? You know, because if, if you got some kid, remember the, well, who, was, who just got fired for kicking the ball into a bunch of people? I mean, the kid was so bad that they had to get rid of him. If you've got, you got a kicking competition going on and both kickers are not very good and you're thinking about playing the over, you might want to think again.
6: <laughs> Back to your, you know what? Your theme last year in the postseason was McPherson. Remember that? I mean, like, it's oh, so I, funny. I mean, I, we focus on, we start quarterbacks, and we start
5: coaching and scheme, and then it comes down to McPherson. It comes down. I mean, like, look, he's fourteen for fourteen. I mean, like, the, the Cincinnati on this magical ride. You know, it's like unbelievable. And, and and one of my pet peeves in all of football is quarterbacks places on the field where quarterbacks can't take sacks. And and Burrow did it, and still overcame it.
6: They yeah, did though. It's incredible. Okay. Uh, we're going to get Vinny in in just a little bit. I think it'll be interesting to talk about, you know, preseason betting, and how the book approaches it. We just got Michael's approach from the front office perspective there and the coach's perspective. Um, a couple of things. One, we got the article dropping, so I don't want to give too much away at vcin.com. By the way, you can go to vcin.com right now and check out the college football betting guy, which is, I was digging through it today, looking at South Carolina. So it's incredible. So good. Um, I know it re- It really, really is Carolina, Pittsburgh, Seattle. I'll put those to the side and you can read what Michael has to say about those. Can we talk quickly about
5: Bill Walsh in 88? Do you mind? Yeah, no, no problem. I mean, look, you know, in 1987, the, the Niners were, I think, 14 and two going into the playoffs and they hosted Minnesota and Montana did not look good in that game. And and Walsh in the third quarter made a decision to make a quarterback change. And Steve Young started to bring the team back. They ended up losing 36-24. to It's probably the worst loss in all of Bill Walsh's career. In fact, it was so bad, DeBarlow wanted to fire him. And, and wow. Carmen Policy was the voice of reason in that decision. And he said, look, let's just strip him of his title, let him work on football. And so they demoted him from uh, president, and they made DeBarlow the president. So now he goes into the next season, and he wants to – who's going to be his quarterback? He's got Montana, who's still playing well. The back injury hasn't creeped up. It happened in 87, right, which has always lingered in Walsh's mind that this back was going to be a problem, which is why he traded for Steve Young against the objections of everybody in the organization. So now he goes into the season. Does he trade Montana? Does he keep Young? Young looks like he could play well enough, right? So he decides to do nothing. He decides to do nothing, and he kind of creates this quarterback competition. And what he finds is, after about the, the later in the season, he finds that this is hurting the team, not helping them. And then he goes to Montana, and that's the year Montana leads the team back against the Cincinnati Bengals on that last drive and executes, and Walsh walks off in the sunset and retires, which he admits later was a mistake. He should have taken three or four weeks off and kind of come back. To coach as little as he did, as great as he was, he should have coached more. But even he couldn't figure out who he should start and who he should move. So it's a problem that's difficult. It's a problem because it's not as simple for us as the fans to sit there and say, well, he's more accurate or he makes better throws or, you know, he can win on third down. It's, it's encompasses much more and it brings the locker room into play because what you don't want to do is have division in your locker room, which is what Walsh was creating in 88.
6: It's a fascinating conundrum. You've got, Bill Walsh, maybe the greatest offensive mind, era, Parsegian aside, you got Joe Montana. You've got a guy you picked up from the airport wearing lifts in his yeah. cowboy boots
8: <laughs>
5: and Steve Young. I mean, that is a fa- – like, think about that threesome. That is fascinating. Well, they got, yeah, but the problem is, like, Matt Rule's got to make a decision. He doesn't have two Hall of Famers, right? He's got two guys trying to save their careers. I mean, Walsh ends yeah. up – he's got a decision. He's got two Hall of Famers, you know, which was hard. But he did, and so – you know, I think it, it, it's not an easy decision because there is a lot of assumptions that have to be made, and when you start to assume, you know what happens, right? So that becomes yes. the problem.
6: I I understand, my friend. Hey, before we get to Vinny, it's interesting as you brought up Montana. You are thinking Montana to Clark. You remember that play, right?
5: Yeah. You remember who was on the call? I sure do. I mean, I, I sure do, no doubt. And and who who you know who was on the call on the Hank Aaron home run for seven fifteen? Vin Scully. Vin Scully. I mean, the man. You know, the man had such a great ability, the magic that he was possessed. And and I think what we've missed today is and I and I I don't want to sound like a remember when old guy, but you know when baseball was a radio sport, when the the announcer had to describe the action to the fans because they couldn't see it. He had to use descriptive words in short sentences and almost Hemingway-like, to be able to tell everybody what was happening. And Vince Scully, because of that background, was absolutely brilliant in that area. And he just painted a picture so profound that if you closed your eyes, you could see what was happening.
6: It's divinity. I mean, and I was listening to the clips. We got on the phone yesterday. I said, Michael, you got to get on YouTube and listen to Vin Scully clips because – uh, I got I was lucky enough. I got to Los Angeles in 2014. I think you might have got there right after that. And remember, Scully at 86 and 14 was still doing broadcasts for the Dodgers until he did 14. He did 15. and He did 16. And I would listen to the games and you just kind of get washed away in his words. And he would paint a picture and I was going through these old clips, and I'm like, he never flubs a line. He comes up with these beautiful, like, poet laureate. Like, I mean, it's just, like, unbel- unbelievable. He was, and I'll repurpose what I've heard a million times, he was better at his job than anybody's been at their job, and I think that's the best way to put it. Like, nobody's been better at what they do in their vocation than Vince Goley.
5: You know, what I what I wrote down today, We uh, Trevor Cap, uh, one of the – people that write at the Daily Coach, he wrote a brilliant piece today on, on the value, on what Vin Scully did, and he did it so well. But what I think, would, to me, what Vince Scully did as well as anyone, and, and this is what great people always do, is is they treat preparation like an art. And his yes. ability to intertwine stories in between pitches, in between, and describe it's a fastball, describe, you know, it was just a, unbelievable. His preparation for any situation was remarkable, and it it showed, and it it makes you as as an announcer or working in – you have to really work at preparing because he was prepared. He never always was in a coat and tie, always was professional, never slacked, and and I think we paid a tremendous – we got tremendous value from his wonderful voice.
6: I mean, he's 84 years old, and by the time the nine innings were up, I felt like I had watched a documentary on every player (laughs) – you understand what I mean? Like he painted the players background. He played, he let me know what their family was up to. I got done with it. And I'm like, I feel like I know more about these players than I did before the game started. And that's what Vince Scully was about. And he was the utmost professional lived to 94 years old, not a bad word said about him. The ultimate consummate professional just Again, I've heard it a million times, and I'll say it again. Nobody was better at what they do than Vince Scully was at what he did. And RIP no to the greatest of all time. Michael Lombardi, some great remembrances there. Vince Scully, our Vince Scully here at v Vinnie Vinny Maliulo is going to join us next right here on the Lombardi Line.
5: You're listening to the Lombardi Line on v featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher
6: i 'm just going to tell uh, those that like the Lombardi line, my man has dialed in during the break he is it 's football let me put it this way it 's football season. college football guy is because he is texting he 's on the phone you know it 's football season. starts your football season on the right foot. Michael Lombardi with expert profiles of all one hundred and thirty one teams, including team trends power ratings over under recommendations plus. You have get our best season win total bets, Heisman hopefuls. It's all in there. Adam Kramer, of course, Adam Burke, Steve Mackinan. Sign up early for a discount at $175. So when you sign up now, don't, don't worry, that sounds daunting, but you're going to receive college and pro betting guides along with full VSIN access all the way through the Super Bowl. So think about what you're getting here. You get everything, including point spread weekly every Wednesday. This is the information 25 years ago when I was betting. I wish I had you go get it now. Go to VSIN.com slash subscribe. 175 bucks, get you everything. Pro football betting guide, the college football betting guide, which is out now through the Super Bowl as we welcome you back here on the Lombardi line. You won't tell us who you were texting. I dare you?
5: <laughs> no, I'm not going to talk about that. <laughs> not, not at all. No, I, chance. no I know, chance. I, I got to keep playing. some secrets. I, I mean, my man Berman's not here. If it was that important, I would go in the other room, but I, I can't. So, you know, he's too busy running Alabama's program today. So we've got to handle that.
6: Bill Berman Saban is what we call him. I yeah. uh, I have a friend that happened to be at the Sports Betting Hall of Fame inductions recently and he had a chance to meet our next guest from behind the book there at the South Point Vinny Melulo joins us here in his regular Thursday spot. He had a chance to meet Vinny. I'm not going to say the name, but he said he was a professional and a gentleman. Welcome to the show, Hall of Famer. How are you?
7: <laughs> it's good to well, see you, Vinny. Good to be with you guys and uh, no, the Hall of Fame ceremony uh, was nice. I did Know quite a few people there, but met some uh, some other folks, and uh, they were all very gracious. And it was uh, it was a great evening at uh, at the Meadowlands, Michael. So, uh, I actually uh, my my first goal was to go back there, uh, and I was glad to see you know that the event was going to be at the Meadowlands because I I tried to win back some of the money I lost there in 1976. But uh, <laughs> unfortunately, the uh, same result uh, occurred. But no, the uh, ceremony was great. A um, lot of not only industry folks, but but betters as well, and uh, always good to uh, to connect with uh, with the betters, whether they're at the counter or uh, in uh, in that particular setting. Was nice.
5: Yeah, it's awesome, Vinny, and you know the Meadowlands. I mean, how about that complex now with all that with the ski lift, all that stuff that's going on over there? It's kind of interesting, isn't it?
7: Yeah, I mean, it's great. It's a great facility. I mean, the, the the track wasn't live that night, but there was simulcasting. But there's so much going on in that area, as you know. Uh, Michael, I mean, you know, when you when you look at that complex now, of course, they've redone uh, the uh, the entire facility there and, uh, you know, MetLife Stadium and then the amusement park uh, nearby. Uh, it's uh, it's a great, great area, great venue. And of course, proximity to not only that part of New Jersey, but right across the river uh, in New York uh, as well. So really convenient. And uh, again, it was a, it was a great event. So I appreciate uh, all the folks that were there that night. You're a very humble man, but a sincere
6: congratulations to you. That's a huge, I mean, that's a career ach- achievement that uh, is beyond compare. So congratulations to you, Vinny Malu. Let's get to the numbers mm-hmm. today, preseason betting. Why don't we just start, Michael laid out perfectly how a front office and a coach approaches week one of the preseason. Let's talk about how the book approaches it.
7: Yeah, good, uh, good question. And I uh, loved Michael's perspectives uh, from uh, from the football side of life. Um, let, let's look at this game right now, and then we'll, we'll talk about what uh, what uh, uh, bettors and bookmakers uh, take into account. So we did open the Raiders high, uh, higher than some folks. We opened them uh, as two point favorites originally. This game got down to pick 'em. I mean, it was all Jaguars money initially when we did post this game. And again, the movement is much quicker. Uh, your limits are, our limits are not as high as they are for the regular season because. Obviously, uh, starters are either not going to play at all uh, or will play very limited, uh, uh, particularly in the Hall of Fame game. Raiders are now back up to a a two-and-a-half point favorite. So um, the total on the game, not surprisingly, started off low at 33-and-a-half. It's now down to 30-and-a-half. What do do professionals – so from our side of the counter, we're looking at professionals, and professionals can actually tend to be more involved in preseason – games than in, in the regular season as a, as a general rule, as a matter of consistency. Not really surprising there. Why? It's about information and really paying attention to several factors. A, how do coaches treat the preseason? Uh, I mean, you've got some coaches who, like, I mean, let's face it. That's no secret. John Harbaugh, who's on like a 20-game winning streak, puts a <laughs> lot of emphasis in the preseason and establishing a winning mindset. Uh, going into the season, right? And by the way, of those 20 consecutive wins, the majority of them are covers as well. So you know that John Harbaugh takes the preseason extremely, uh, extremely serious compared to, let's say, a Sean McVay, who I don't think last year, uh, I don't know if any starter played last year. Let's face it. So you've got, it's not that they don't care, but what they're doing is looking for different things. And in many cases, uh, trying to prevent injuries, and in in, in 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 the case of McVeigh, so you want to get an idea of what the coaches' mindsets are and how they treat preseason games. Um, the other part is look looking for quarterback battles, right? I mean, when you look, uh, for instance, uh, you know, teams like uh, like Carolina and Seattle, right, where you there is a quarterback battle going on, you're probably going to see uh, those involved, at least the uh, the first and the second. Uh, or the top two contenders get some time in in their games. So there, with that comes probably uh, the first uh, offensive line uh, uh, players as well. So the first string offensive line. You know, you want to look at these things and pay close attention to them. Trying to watch press conferences as well. What are coaches talking about? What are they looking for? What are coordinators looking for? And things like that. So – our side of the counter and professional bettors are often looking uh, for the same things. But again, these numbers move quite quickly uh, and much more uh, rapidly than they do during the, uh, the regular season. So those are just a few of the things that, uh, that uh, are taken into consideration. And again, you'll see this uh, game tonight definitely draw the most handle of anything uh, on the betting board today. And I don't <laughs> think that will surprise anybody.
5: Now, football's back, that's what makes it so good is, is no matter what what's going on on the field, people love it. I I think the other thing, too, Vinny, is is when you're watching these preseason games is the, the quarterback, the experience factor, you know, it should show up because, let's face it, Jacksonville's not going to run. The, the, Mike Caldwell's the defense coordinator in Jacksonville. He's not going to show anybody anything what he's going to do. So he's playing with a bunch of young guys. He's going to play base coverage, base fronts, and hope they just execute. And if you have a veteran quarterback who understands that, they should be able to make some plays. It's, it's almost like a, an all-star game, one of those college all-star games where the coverage mm-hmm. is fairly simple. So there should be. The problem is drop balls, turnovers. Mm-hmm. It's the lack of real good execution because the level of player that's playing isn't very good.
7: Yeah, the other part, Michael, uh, along those lines, too, is, <clears throat> uh, you know, you're looking at, you know, quarterback depth charts. I know the graphic is up on the screen uh, right now at uh, at vcin.com. Uh That's a factor that comes into play, too, in trying to determine uh, exactly who is going to play. I mean, I don't think we're going to see Trevor Lawrence tonight uh, at, at all, uh, by all indications, but we may see him for a series. I don't know. You never know until uh, right probably right before game time or unless it 's officially announced from what i 've heard so far, and you may have uh, your sources are much better yeah. than mine i don 't think we 're going to see Trevor Lawrence tonight, but again uh, what the quarterback depth charts are, and again that translates to right offensive line and uh, uh, you know receivers tight ends et cetera running backs and things like that so it's going to be interesting to see exactly what uh, who does play and how the coaches approach it right i mean uh, McDaniels, right? Uh, Josh McDaniels, uh, a bit of a homecoming for him, right? He, he uh, grew up mm-hmm. in that area. I think he played for his dad. I think he played uh, right there sure did. Uh, high school football for his dad in uh, in Canton. So, you, you know, you got a little bit of emotion there. Does that come into the handicapping? Not so much, but certainly wants to make a, 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 a good showing. And his first game as a head coach of the Raiders. Uh, same thing uh, on the other side, right, for, for the Jags with uh, some new coaches uh, uh, involved there.
5: You know, I I think, Patrick, I think the other thing that's going to be interesting in this is the Raiders want to evaluate their offensive line. They've got now they don't need to evaluate Colton Miller and maybe some of the other players. But, you know, some of the guys in their line, they got to find they got to get some answers on. And so that's going to be important. And I think the backups for Jacksonville, their offensive line, I mean, I s- assume you're not going to play Cam Robinson or Cherie or Sheref, the kid they signed, or, or Taylor, who they drafted you know, in the second round. Right. So you're going to see a lot of backups in the line, and that's why Jake Luton is going to play, because that, right. that line is going to have a lot of different back- – and that's what really makes it hard to score points is such bad offensive line play.
6: Michael, you were shaking your head quickly when Vinny was brought up Lawrence. Do you want to follow up there? You don't expect to see him I mean, Lawrence isn't
5: going to play. You're not going to see any of those guys. Lawrence, you're not going to see ATN. You're not going to see James Robinson is on PUP anyway. We're going to see, you know, Snoop Connor. We're going to see Raquel Armstead. You know, we're going to see a lot of guys, and we're going to see a bunch of different combinations, and we'll see if it can go. I think the same thing with receivers. I think you're going to see all the backup receivers.
7: And again, that translates to uh, to your point, Michael, about the total, and that's why the total is down uh, three points right now. I mean, it opened up low. 33.5 is an uh, ex- extremely low total. Uh, well, now we're down to 30.5.
6: By the fourth quarter, you might see a Hall of Fame bookmaker in the backfield for the Jacksonville Jaguars, <laughs> Vinny Maliulo. That's, that's when it starts to get thin over there. We're going to come back with Vinny next here at Lombardi Line, presented by BetMGM. It's Vsin, the Sports Betting Network.
0: You'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
2: The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe.
4: Mexico will likely have its first female president.
2: And then you have China.
4: And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters.
7: He got his yo-yos to Europe in time.
8: I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times.
1: With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
2: The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe...
5: listening to the Lombardi line on v featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi now once again here's Patrick Maher
6: okay it is the lombardi line as we welcome you back here risk-free bet up to a thousand dollars bet mgm head over there right now and make sure you check it out again first wager risk-free up to a thousand bucks the bonus code is vsin 1000 vsin 1000 visit betmgm.com to download the betmgm app again you're First wager risk-free up to $1,000. Go check out betmgm.com as we welcome you back here on the Lombardi line. Of course, he's Michael Lombardi. I'm Patrick Maher. You got Vegas. You've got Jacksonville in Canton tonight. Vinny Maliulo joins us from behind the book there at the South Point. And we were just discussing a little bit during the break, Vin. We have to discuss Watson. So six games initially with that week schedule for the Browns to open. But now the NFL will appeal walk us behind the book in dealing with the Browns here.
7: Yeah, um <clears throat> so let's uh, let's first start with uh, what's open. I mean, obviously futures are open and uh and the Browns went from um if you look at the division uh on the AFC North, the uh the Browns were actually co-favorites going into when we po- posted these up uh at 9 to 5. So plus 180 originally uh with uh, with the Bengals. And uh the uh the Ravens were 5 to 2. And the uh, the Steelers were ten to one. Well, right now, the Browns are the second choice. Uh, I'm sorry, yeah, actually the third choice. Uh, the uh, uh, the Ravens are are a plus. Uh, they're actually a dollar forty. So uh, the Bengals are two to one. The Browns are four, and the Steelers are eight. So we know that he's going to miss at least six games. Uh, they're about thirty or forty to one, depending on where you shop for the uh, uh, for the Super Bowl. But the g- game one, we know he's not going to play. Remember this, when we opened these a couple of months ago, the Browns were four and a half point favorites. and Michael, uh, you pointed out uh, right very early that was probably going to change. and it did. I mean uh, uh, it, it just it's been a steady flow of Panthers money. I mean we uh, had locked it out at three, uh, Panthers uh, uh, Browns three. Panthers are now a one point favorite in game one because we know he's not wow. going to play. What's not open is the regular season wins and yes or no to make the playoffs simply because now with this appeal, uh, if the appeal is successful and he does not play at all, uh, obviously that impacts the regular season wins at uh, nine and a half, and again, they're suspended right now, and uh, the yes no uh, as to whether or not they make the playoffs. So uh, the Deshaun Watson situation continues to linger And impacting certain bets, but not all of them.
5: Yeah, I think the question. I mean, there's no way you could open this up until there's affirmative, until there's a firm decision based Mm -hmm. on what the ruling. The NFL says it's going to be expedited. They're going to make a a hard charge to to get this decision. But you know, it's going to be more than six games. That's pretty clear. Whether they can reach a settlement, but look, I I think this. I I think, and I wrote this a month ago. I'm the Browns, and I was in this situation. I would you got cap room. You guys are probably going to get suspended for half the year. I mean, I like Jacoby Brissett a lot as a person. I really do. I just think there's some limitations that the Colts found out about. And the same thing with Miami, because mm-hmm. as much publicity as two is getting now and how great he looks and all the throws we see online, is there was a time where they were going back <laughs> and forth, right? Like, yep. it wasn't exactly. And if he would have played better in some games, he might have beaten two out. So, like, I just think to me – there's there's some reality here that has to come into play. Garoppolo would give him a short term answer to not a long term problem. And obviously they, they, they see it differently than I do. Is there something you'd like to say to Tua, Michael Lombardi? <laughs> no, I just think I've, I've never seen a guy have better practices. I mean, <laughs> no, no, you know, no, no. I, I, I no. mean, I've never you didn't seen hear it. did you? I, I you didn't hear He got married. He got married. I heard he got married. Yes, I did. Yeah. I I mean, you know, congratulations (laughs) to him. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing he's going wrong. Hey, everything's coming up to him. Everything's coming up to him. You know, like today, uh, this is what drives me crazy, Vinny. Today on Twitter, the NBC Uh affiliate here in Philadelphia post, Jalen Hurts to A.J. Brown. It's a drill against air. Like, can we stop? It's a drill against the air. there's mm-hmm. no one open. It's no one covering them. It's not football. It's a drill against air. We're putting that up as an advertisement. I mean, come on, stop. I can't take
7: it. Michael, it's social media and social media is it'll it'll make you crazy uh but there's there's certain elements of it where again, getting back to the handicapping do you pick do you pick things up I know i I agree with you because it's constant and of course, uh, a completed pass against air uh, vaults them into uh, division favorites, right? I mean, yeah. it's just – it is amazing. But, again, uh, from the handicapping side and from the odds-making side, trying to dissect and, and delve into social media and what's relevant and what's not. But particularly, even those quick hits – from uh, press conferences by coaches. Those are important things. But I, I, yeah. I hear you. what you're saying. It's, uh, yeah. it'll, it'll make you crazy, social media. Well, for
5: social sure. media has no idea. A lot of scouts don't either, might I add this, too. They have no idea what drill is a competitive drill mm-hmm. and what drill is a toughness drill. Like, you know, if you, if you go to any NFL practice and they start a nine-on-seven, you, you, I mean, it's like a buffet line just got set up down there. All the scouts <laughs> will herd down to the 9-on-7 drill, right? They just go flying down there. They got their notepads out. They're ready to go. That's, you can't evaluate anybody. That's a toughness drill. If you know it's run and they're going to run the ball, how can you evaluate anybody? It's a toughness drill. So we're going to evaluate toughness here. Now, if the guy's not very tough, okay. The guy doesn't get off a block, I get it. There's elements, but you can't make a concrete decision. It, the guy knows it's run. He knows it's run. So like, and on Twitter, like they're putting drills up, like it's all oh, yeah. I mean, the one drill that two threw the deep ball too. You know, you can't touch the quarterback, so he's got to step up in the pocket and launch the throw. Like, like I'm not sure that the the, the tackle wouldn't have just push the other guy back, but. Anyway, there's my rant for the day. I
6: I always welcome a Philly slash Jalen Hurts rant from Michael Lombardi. But a a question for you, Vin, when it comes to Philly, that's going to be a running theme here on the Lombardi line, because when we tell you that the Philly fans are going nuts for this team, they're going to win 18 games. So we ask you at the South point there, are you taking futures action on on the Philadelphia Eagles?
7: Yeah. I mean, uh, the, uh, they opened uh, as second choice in the division at plus two and a quarter. Uh, Cowboys opened as uh, uh, one ten favorites, right? But now Dallas is even, and uh, the Eagles are nine to five. Uh, there's a lot of uh, a lot of support for the Eagles so far. Uh, just about particularly to to, to make the playoffs. Uh, when you look at their regular season wins, they've been bet from nine uh, to nine and a half over, and actually now nine and a half over. Uh, minus uh, a quarter, so uh, the, the Eagles are, are getting quite a bit of support in terms of uh, future activity. Now uh, they also uh, are eight to five, so uh, minus one sixty, uh, or five to eight, I should say, uh, minus one sixty to and the yes/no to make the playoffs. So the yes is the favorite there. So uh, not really surprising, I don't think. I mean, you know, you kind of look uh, to see from a scheduling standpoint, from, a, you know, who's who's had a good free agent uh, offseason, a good draft. And uh, uh, the Phillies are one of those teams, along with uh, the Saints, that are getting some uh, some love in terms of possibly, you know, because everything in in, in the NFC East, uh, for the most part, is about Dallas, right? They get so much publicity. Uh, and, and when you look at uh, the NFC South, it's all about Brady and the Buccaneers. And I think that the Eagles and... Uh, the Saints are just fine with that.
5: Yeah, I, I, I look, I think the Eagles will be a really good regular season team. I really do. I just think people have amnesia about the Tampa Bay game. I think they just forgot mm-hmm. that they were behind 33 right. to nothing. Now, yeah. you know, A.J. Brown's going to cure all that, you know. And so, okay, I get that. But if their quarterback can't execute, we had Randy Mueller on the other day. And Randy, you know, he's a little higher on Jalen Hurts than I am. He sees improvement. Okay, well, if he improves a little bit more, but he's going to need to improve a lot to throw the ball. The key to football is being able to throw the ball when the other team knows you got to throw it.
6: If A.J. Brown is so excited to be in Philly, why does he keep on writing love letters to Ryan Tannehill asking to come back? (laughs) That is my question
5: for you because every time I hear A.J. Brown... That's a great point. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) he's still wondering why he got traded. He's still wondering why he was the victim here. It was
6: against air, people. Social media, you know what? And this is serious for betters because betters get most of their information from social media and Twitter. You have to be discernible. Because you can get wonderful information. You go to the college kids' boards for these college teams that are under the radar. You can pick up some information. But most of it, you gotta, you got to kind of suss through, Michael, with social media.
5: Yeah, I mean, look, evaluate what you're seeing, right? Some drills are a lot. Some drills are, you can evaluate. The other drills are just competitive drills. And some drills you can't really evaluate at all.
6: 100%. Vinny, on the way out, quickly, your Pac-12 team. I just have 30 seconds, but you gave me the nugget during the break.
7: Pac-12 team, long shot, getting some uh, betting uh, betting love. This is for the Pac-12 title. Oregon State at 20-1. to uh, And we did, up, no uh, we did hang up. No kidding. We did hang up regular season conference wins. Conference wins only. And Oregon State uh, at 5. So, I mean, it's all about, uh, obviously, uh, USC so far, right, uh, in the offseason. Of but course. a little bit of love for the uh, Oregon State Beavers.
6: Hall of Famer Vinny Maliulo. Thank you, Vinny. Appreciate you. Good to be with you guys. Appreciate you. Jimmy G has been cleared to practice. So where is he going to practice? We're going to find out next here on the Lombardi Line.
8: When you drive
0: a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800 333 kia for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. I'm
1: Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington.